Welcome to Community Forum. I'm Priscilla Almquist Olson, and today is October, Friday, October 9th, 2020. And again, we're doing a Zoom interview because COVID is still ravaging our country. And today, it's my great pleasure to have, uh, and our privilege to have, Dr. Uma Hiramath, who is the executive director of our Ames Free Public Library. And so, Uma, welcome. And I should say, Dr. Uma. Gosh, Priscilla, that was a different lifetime, but, but thank you for adding that on. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, and it's nice to see you, even if it's uh, over, over the much-used <laughs> much Zoom mode. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, the, um, the library has been such a wonderful service uh, for so many years. Um, and when, when was it founded? Was it 18... Uh, 1883. 83. 1883. March 1883. In fact, last week I had such a delightful visit from a group of people who came to celebrate the architect H. H. Richardson, Henry Hobson Richardson. And on his birthday every year, I believe they celebrated. So they all came with, you know, big badges and of Richardson's face. And they had lunch sitting in the gardens outside and did a little tour. And it was very, uh, it was very heartening to see that. Did somebody film it? Did ECAT film it? Oh, Priscilla, great minds. I said, I literally said that to them. I said, I had no idea about your group. So next year when you do this, we need to film this and put this on the library site because it's so nice. I mean, so many years later to have yes. this following. So it's the Henry Hobson Richardson Society. Actually, it's an architectural firm and um, the owner, I guess, uh, you know, has been a, a follower. They're the ones who, who did the restoration of the library tower. This was before my time. Oh. So he said he's very familiar with the building, but uh, it was just a, 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 it was just happening as I they said to see this group coming by and they're all architects and uh, they read they they read aloud about you know the life of Richardson and so on so yeah. yes hopefully you and I would uh, like to film that and get them um, yes and get to see this yeah we could do that together that would be fun uh, and and architecturally it's just such a gem and so revolutionary for its time uh, he was the most prominent architect in the 1870s in America. And so the Ames family, of course, uh, would only have the best. And so sure. we now have five of his buildings in Easton, more than anywhere else in the entire world. And people come from all over the world to view these architectural uh, masterpieces. And um, Harvard and MIT architectural students do come every year to also study the uh, architecture of Henry Hobson Richardson. So As you you are so fortunate to be in that beautiful building. I say that every day, Priscilla. I mean, it's sometimes I'm deep at work and I look up and I, I've said this. I, I just smile, you know. It's right. just, you just feel larger than yourself in a building like this. Um, and, you know, it, it, the, the building is grand, of course. You know, there's this wonderful warm granite and just the look of it. But what made me fall in love with Richardson were the quieter moments where you look at just the tiny little details that he adds on. I mean, he was a big guy. He was over six feet and he was wide. And if you look at the chairs, you wonder why they have these big chairs. And then you look at his, his figure and you say, hey, it fitted right in with his personality and his figure. But 
a man had delicacy. He was, he, was, he was having fun as well. So if you look out, there's gargoyles and each gargoyle has a different face and a different personality. I started naming them and they guard the building around us. And in fact, um, this group that came showed me another little detail up front. If you look at the front of the library, everybody looks at the arch. But he cuts away into the building for no reason, except to put two more gargoyles into that little cutaway. Um, he's just, he's got a little delicacy of, of thought, I think, that goes into all this. And even the arch, this is my absolute favorite part uh, when I go around showing the building is something that our historian Ed Hands showed me, which is at the start of the arch, there's a little, um, uh, uh, he's cut, he's cut the, the face of a rooster to start the day. And then your eye travels up the arch and right at the center of the arch, you stop and there's two little dragons who are holding up the noonday sun. And then you let your eyes travel all the way down the arch and there's an owl to end the day. So it's just these, you know, this little bit of poetry in stone. Yes. I love it. How wonderful. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I had only seen photos of Henry Hobson Richardson when he was a young man and he was very tall and slender. And yes, then to yes. see the one that is uh, most often uh, in, in books and treaties and so forth, he's, he's really a big, he's obese. He's, you know, really. In a nice way. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you, want to, the, you want to have dinner with him. Yes. He's got, he's got a great look right. about him. <laughs> you know, that's the reason that he actually died very young. He was, he was no idea. Yes, yeah. he was young. Yeah, he was even in his 50s, I think. Maybe even younger. I don't know. But he got a lot accomplished in that time. Trinity Church in Boston is sure. probably sure. the most well known of his uh, buildings. Well, anyway, speaking of buildings, your yes. building has been locked up tight from March on since the COVID uh, virus plagued Easton and the country. And, yes. uh, and now you are, we're at a point in Massachusetts where thing, certain towns have got such a good record that things are opening up a little bit. Will you tell us what's now available at the Amesbury Library? Absolutely, Priscilla. And I'll just rewind a little bit to your first sentence on how we had a lockdown and closed down. On the one hand, yes, the physical building did close down, but this hardworking staff, I mean, they just take my breath away because they just went 100% into creating our online 24-7 library for everybody. So it was in three areas. One was, of course, the collection, since people couldn't pick up actual books, the e-collection was expanded greatly. Uh, online databases were added on. So, um, and, and the consumption of that went up by 51% because there was this, you, know, you could access it and everybody's sitting home. That was one aspect. The second part was just programming, online programming. Miss um, mm -hmm. Jessica, our children's librarian, over 64 story times, that takes dedication. In, in her, in the isolation of her house with two young kids, she was able to to do this on Zoom and send it over to ECAT so that kids who had got used to story time at the library, I have this, this the cutest photo of this little kid who was Miss Jessica's follower sitting in front of the, uh, his computer and following story time and doing exactly what he did in the <laughs> physical building. Yeah. And then Miss Alicia 
came out as a star storyteller. And she has done over 14 fabulous productions that I encourage everybody to try and catch. I, as a full grown adult, sit and watch those myself because they're just so delightful. And she's producing one every week for Halloween. My goodness. So the, the, check, check our website and you'll see the s'mores, the s'mores story times for Halloween. And that's so, a silly show. So, so what's yes. The, what's the uh, title of her show? S'mores. S'mores story times. So if you look at our web, uh, if you go into our web page, I would uh -huh. encourage everybody to go into our web page because one of these unintended consequences of the COVID as has been for everybody, uh, you know, businesses and institutions and individuals. Um, uh, you find that these unexpected pleasures uh, or, or developments happen that are positive. And our website uh, that Ms. Kate uh, has been organizing is really great to look at. So go into it and check out the story times. You'll, you'll see both Miss Jess and Miss Alicia. Check out the daily distractions. Every day a staff member puts up something just to amuse you or to entertain or to inform. So for example, Priscilla, we had talked about this. I love the whole um, uh, initiative called TED Talks, T-E-D Talks. They're just 15 to 20 minute thought essays that somebody who has, uh, somebody who is, 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 has got something interesting to contribute gives this talk. And so I've been posting that every Thursday. Just try one out because it will get you into that whole TED uh, process. And it makes for great conversation. It makes for great thinking. It makes for great, uh, you know, just delving into different aspects of life. It's, 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 it's great for your brain. Absolutely. It, it stretches the brain. Um, so I wrote down what I thought was very clever. And that was for each day of the week, there's there's a uh, highlight so it's musical mondays travel tuesdays wild card wednesdays ted talks thursday and stress free fridays so maybe you could go over we'll start with musical mondays <laughs> i would encourage everybody to actually go because they're all different ones each staff member has picked up a different aspect that they like so Lily has picked up Musical Mondays. And one of the ways we wanted to, to feel close to our community, we normally don't put our own faces up on the web page. But since we were all in quarantine, we said the next best thing is to adopt this topic. And each one provided a photograph uh, to put up there so that people felt that they were communicating to us even though they were not in the building. Mm -hmm. so, so, so just just have a look at it. I mean, she has everything from... She had a Hawaiian, I, I, I know I've been checking it off and on. She had Steve Martin playing, she had, you know, a Hawaiian uh, music. So she picks up on a different thing. It's very idiosyncratic for each one of us. So check it out because it's just a, a, just a little appetizer to get your day going. Great. And, and, and Travel Tuesdays, I mean, Lorraine has been running, Lorraine ran the travel club at the uh, library for over five years and had the most fabulous programs on, on travel. And um, Lorraine has been uh, an unexpected star as well because during her COVID isolation, she decided to become a filmmaker. And she's a naturalist. She's, she's just a wonderful naturalist. 
And so she's produced a, a series called Stepping Out, which is uh, some aspect of what's going on outside in nature. And the first one she did was about peepers. So, so check it out under AFL videos. She learned iMovie on her own and she's produced it, you know, it takes a long time because it's a lot of effort. And she produces this film uh, about half an hour on something that's going on right outside your window. And it's, mm. it, it, it's, 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 it's like watching a National Geographic uh, within your own little library. So I would highly recommend it. So as I said, the, the web page has really got a lot of uh, riches to it right now. It's got really dense. So, so you know, if you're sitting at home, just, just stroll through it and see uh, what's going on. And apart from the collection and the website, the third aspect we focused on was programming, online programming, just as you're doing right now, Priscilla. Marion took on a series called the Masterclasses. She tries to arrange two to three every month. So yesterday, I, I, I think some people did catch it, um, you, you've met Grace Tillusen, our very own writer in from Easton, Grace Tillusen, T A L U S A N. Well, anyhow, Grace has uh, was a graduate of OA um, High School, and she was a library page at one point, and now she teaches at uh, Boston College, I believe. Oh, Brandeis, I'm not sure. She was at Tufts, but uh, she teaches, and she had come last year to give a talk on her book, uh, which this year has won the Massachusetts Book Award for Nonfiction, highly prestigious. I mean, wow. the ones before her have been, you know, Tyrion Philbrick and so on. So it's, 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 it's just amazing. And every year the Boston Book Fair picks one essay that they make 20,000 copies and distribute around Boston. And Grace's essay has been picked up. So She's got this double, double award in the space of one month that is just, uh, it's so wonderful. So she came on uh, for the masterclass last evening. And from seven to eight, she generously contributed her skills on the art of writing and encouraged people to uh, follow a little template that she has been using for her teaching. Uh, so that should be coming on ECAT soon because it was recorded. So keep your eyes open. And the what's next, the name, what's the name of that program? So let me see. It's Grace Toulouse is what, um, let me see what she actually called it. Well, uh, we, we can find it, I think. But um, what's the name of her book that she got the Massachusetts Award for? It was the, was it, give me just a minute, Priscilla, because I am, and while I'm looking for this, um, the next two Thursdays is going to be our very own historian, Ed Hand who's going to talk of the history of Easton in 12 objects. How seductive is that title? <laughs> I just love those where you say 12 objects and it gives you leverage to go into the history of Easton. And listening to Ed is always a, a singular treat. So, okay, yeah. let's see. Grace Tillusen is making the invisible visible. A generative, yeah. mm -hmm. sorry. Yes, I've, I've heard of that, yeah. And we have so much talent here in town, and it's wonderful to see that you have really made use of that. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. What, what happens with Wildcard Wednesdays? Oh, I'll be back on the, uh, on the uh, what is Wednesdays? I think that is the wacky one, right? It's the wild card. 
So yeah. wildcard is Miss Alicia who does those absolutely wonderful story times. So <laughs> she's, she's got a unique mind. So it always comes out with something different. She also has something called the sesquipedalian Saturdays where she introduces a word like sesquipedalian. So you have to get your tongue around the words that she produces. But she has a different one each time. The Ig Nobel Prize is, was, I think, last week. Um, so it's some, something wacky, something to titillate you. Now, does, does, can, if one cannot tune in live to these presentations, can one uh, see them online uh, at the website? Most of the masterclasses are going to be on ECAT and will eventually find their way onto our website after we get the edited version from ECAT. Under, okay. the, under the title AFL videos, you'll see that tab on our webpage. Now ECAT can send you a link once they get it on. They can right. give you a link. You can put that link on your right. website. Now speaking of the website, uh, it would be aimsfreelibrary.org aimsfreelibrary.org. Right. So um, that's the place to go. Um, now, what about these stress-free Fridays? I can understand. <laughs> we all need that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, Stress-Free Fridays has, is by Megan. Megan is responsible for bringing every book and item that is owned by the library. She has a lot on her her hands so I guess she needs the stress-free herself <laughs> she has a lot of responsibilities so it's you know it's breathing techniques uh, meditation we used to have such a wonderful meditation group that met every Friday at Quisit House yeah given that Quisit House will not be open for a while I think this would be the next best thing you know signs of kindness um, ways to relax um, just you know just 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 short short little items that can, that can help out yeah as so, i yeah. said these are these are just ways for us to keep communicating and this all came about in the months that the building was closed and we were trying to get the library to continue being uh, a factor in in everybody's stressed lives and you know provide mm -hmm. the kind of information and entertainment and outlets that we always have but as you, as you and I spoke, Priscilla, we are, our doors are open at this point and they have been for um, uh, two months or, uh, yeah, over two months now. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I, I'm interested in hearing. Okay. So we, you know, it's, it's, such a, it's such a weird time and everybody's level of risk taking is so different. I mean, it's never going to be a safe world, at least from my perspective, for, you know, at least another year, we hope. <laughs> so the idea is to have a range of uh, uh, um, access points for the library. If you don't feel safe coming in, we have curbside pickups, so you can reserve your material online and reserve an appointment and just come up to the window on your way to the front entrance of the library, you'll see a sign saying pickup window. And you just come, the window opens, your material comes out, and you don't have to come in contact with anyone. Mm. Meanwhile, on the back end, we have a bunch of protocols that we pass through the Department of Health. Um, when books are returned, as you know, we're part of a consortium of 73 other libraries. Uh, so we get our material from all over the place. 
and libraries have been quarantining material for up to seven days. There's been very intensive scientific study by uh, called the Realm Study for Museums and Libraries, and they have found that um, 72 hours is sort of safe for book materials that are covered by uh, uh, the, the uh, protective sheets that we put. However, to be on the absolute safe side, we are keeping it for one week. So mm. when you do return your book, don't be um, don't get upset when you see that it's still on your account because it'll stay on your account for seven days while it sits uh, in quarantine. However, when we finally check it in, it'll come to the date that you actually returned it. So we, we, we label each one for whichever day, you know, Monday to Monday. So today's date uh, will get cleared next Friday. Um, I have used, uh, uh, Uma, the uh, phone number, which is 508-238-2000. And, yes. and I say, do you have this book? And they say, yes. Or they say, well, we have to send out for it. And we, but we'll let you know what's your um, email address or what's your phone number. So yes. everyone, very good. And then that little window opens because you have to call and tell them I'm outside sitting in my car, just the way you do at a doctor's office. And then they'll tell you when you can come in. I mean, come up to the window. And the little window opens and that book comes through. And I love the drop off because it's so simple. It's just, yes. You just pull down the, the lever and uh, you, know, you just put your book inside and, and off it goes. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Priscilla, because really, yes, we don't, we don't accept any books um, uh, by hand. So everybody, please, uh, exactly what Priscilla said, it's a very nifty little drop box. Open it and pop it in. Yeah. Um, I understand uh, that you're only allowed to have 10 people in the library at one time. Is that At this right? point of time, we, we're allowed more, but we're, keep, we're being very safe. So there's only one staff member in each room and a total of uh, 10 people. So two people can go into, or a family, can go into each place and browse for up to 15 minutes. The idea is not to build up the viral cont content in the air that you're breathing inside. Uh, we've also put in new filters, um, MERV filters, so the air quality is better. We, it's getting cold, but we try and pop windows from time to time to let in fresh air. Um, all of us have, for example, we, this, was the, this was the best thing we did, Priscilla. We all got these pens that are on lanyards so that we don't have to share pens. We all got our own keyboards and mice with our names on it. So wherever we are, we carry our own keyboards and mice so that there's no sharing of implements. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're being very cautious in the way we move forward. However, there is a real need in these times for people who want to apply for jobs and so on. So the first thing we did was open up for computer use that you can use for up to an hour in the building uh, once a day. And that we've had, uh, I was just checking out the statistics since I knew I was going to speak with you. We've had uh, last month uh, a little over 150 computer appointments um, that people have come to use. We've had uh, 70 to 100 uh, Wi-Fi users. That was the interesting part. Even when the building was closed, you would see the parking lot full because people could use the library's Wi-Fi and sit in their cars and work. So uh -huh. it was a, another unintended consequence that we found right. out. 
Well, that's good to know. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, things like a fax. We've, we brought the fax that used to be in Quisit House over to the main building so that people have an ent- entire little, um, uh, you know, an office set up here that they can print resumes or fax them out or scan them. The whole setup is there. And we are trying to introduce a series of talks as well on, you know, writing resumes, getting jobs, personal finance, the things, the, the parts of society you can see that's spraying under the pressure of this uh, COVID. We're trying to fill in those uh, gaps as best as we can. Now, um, I have used the, um, uh, the app, which um, the Ancestry.com app, which you, you have. And I was always at the Quisit House. I, I attended Ed Hand's genealogical class on Saturdays and um, afternoons. And, yes. uh, and I understood that in the international uh, Ancestry.com is accessible only at Quisit House, whereas at the main library, it was just America, United States. Is that still the case or can we access Oh gosh, Priscilla, I had no idea about this, but thank you for bringing it up and I'll check into it because I had been talking to Ancestry to see if they could give us uh, remote access, but I did not know. I, I don't see why only Quisset House should have. Uh, oh no, I thought it was rather strange too. But yeah, that's that what sounds strange. Yes. Ed had said that, so um, yeah. I will, I will look into it and get back to you, but uh, yes, you can certainly come and use it. I, I mean, there shouldn't be we're, we're paying for it, so it shouldn't be different for Quisset House or the main library. It's, it's uh, okay. Well, get a refund. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I'll look into that. And uh, I mean, yeah. we certainly we have it. So, so do but come in. I have, I have brought my own laptop with me, and so you know, you can then log into the library as a guest, and yes. and then use the ancestry. Because, you know, it's, it's very expensive to yes. sign up for that every month. So that's a wonderful uh, asset yes. that I've advantage of. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Yes. And there's a whole bunch of databases. In fact, as I said, we added on some because, uh, you know, we had this very vibrant craft community that would meet at Quisset House. And it breaks my heart that they're not uh, able to come in. Uh, of course, the quilters are still making quilts in their houses. So... Kathy, who, who, who facilitates this group, came and picked up supplies and dropped it off in people's homes, and they're still making baby quilts for the uh, Niku units. Oh, so wow. they're going strong. But what we did add on was a, a crafts database called Creative Bug. Check it out, Priscilla. It's a lot of fun. I don't have a craft bone in my body, and I got <laughs> inspired to try something that was disastrous. Anyhow, it was fun. <laughs> so... Great. It's called Creative Bug. Um, it's a new database. So, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, it's, um, these databases are definitely of great help. But my mind is, uh, again, is leaping here because talking about another un- uh, a, a very positive unintended consequence has been a resident, Julie Ern, who used to have um, English as a second language classes at Quisit House. And she said, no, I want to carry it on because my group is, uh, you know, she had limited it because there was limited uh, space at Quisit. But now that she's gone on Zoom, she said, hey, it's Zoom. I can take any amount. And it has expanded. She has had to get two more volunteers to help out. 
Last uh, month, she had 146 attendees for her English as a second language class. And so uh, these, these, online, these online programs, you never know which one's going to click, but when they click, uh, you know, you hit a need uh, and it's very satisfying. Yeah, I was one of Julie Owen's uh, volunteers when she was at Quisit. Ah. Yeah, I would come, uh, I was a former English teacher before I became an attorney. And so I really enjoyed, I mean, I can do the grammar with my eyes closed, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed Thursdays with her because it was conversation. Yes. And so I am, uh, I really enjoy that. I'm good at it, you know, helping people to understand how to express mm -hmm. I want to express, and um, it was fun. And the kids, the, well, the kids. I mean, they're they're young. One was uh, fifteen, and was the daughter of another woman who, who was there mm -hmm. uh, from Italy. And mm -hmm. then the oldest was in her sixties, and uh, so it's never too late to learn. Of course, we all know that. But yeah. Julie's very dedicated, and she herself uh, speaks uh, Mandarin, and. Yeah. Uh, and teaches, has taught Mandarin as, uh, or he has taught, um, yeah, I think she's taught Mandarin and also English as a second language. Mm -hmm. And she was so innovative because um, she wanted them to have workbooks. So we put aside part of her, a little part of our budget just for uh, her, her, uh, for her school books. And so she ordered a bunch of them, put them in the back of her car and parked her car at the end of her driveway and told her students to come and pick it up from the back of her car. Oh yeah, great. So they each got their own workbook uh, to start this thing off. Um, so it's it's been a it's it's been a good it's been a good program. Yeah. I didn't realize I, I or maybe I forgot this. Like, yes, you were yeah. one student uh, had a job in an accounting firm, and he had studied accounting in his his uh, country, but he needed to expand his English in order to get a promotion. Mm. So was very interesting I found mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. yeah, that that it was necessary and he was very dogged in his uh, work and you know really wanted to learn and they all did they all for different reasons of course yeah we have audio tapes that says speak English like an American so we had a British gentleman who had checked that out saying I have to try and learn to speak English like an American I said I need to engrave that on a stone <laughs> You know, when I was a student, um, many, many, many years ago, I was a student at the University of Stockholm in Sweden for one year. And my cousin, uh, Kali, who's now retired, he was a, mu a music journalist for Radio Sweden uh, for many, many years. But we, were, we were born the same year. And he was also at the University of Stockholm at the same time. And he had me read uh, books in, so that he could study the um, the English the American accent because right. students in Sweden are taught the British uh, accent right. and mm -hmm. he would, he would record those conversations so I have to <laughs> I hope to get back to Sweden next year I usually go every year to see relatives and right. friends right. but I'm going to ask him to play those old tapes to hear <laughs> what his voice sounded like when I was twenty <laughs> <laughs> yes yes that should be interesting yeah. But it's interesting how many um, uh, Europeans really do want to speak yeah. uh, the, with the American yeah. accent. And you know why? Because they see so many 
um, American movies. Right. And in Sweden, in fact, uh, all of Scandinavia, uh, movies, American movies are not dubbed in the, into the local language. They're all in English and they have subtitles, but they're not dubbed. And that's, uh, yeah. and in France, they are, and Italy. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and that's why the, the French and the Italians don't speak as well as yeah. the Scandinavians, because since they're little tots sit, sitting in front of that TV with those American movies, they're, <laughs> they're hearing the language. <laughs> that's interesting, yes. Yeah. Well, anything else that you can share uh, that uh, you want to highlight? Because I know the most important thing uh, about today is the fact that the library is open. Uh, 10 people can go in. You can use the computers for an hour. You can browse 15 minutes in each section. Um, that's wonderful news that I didn't know. But going online at amesfreelibrary.org, your website, and just browsing that and seeing what's all available, that's the way to go. Oh, you've encapsulated that so beautifully, Priscilla, yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and check our timings as well. At the moment, we're open 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday, closed on Sunday. But for the past three weeks, we have extended Thursday evening hours from 5 to 8. So Thursday is the one day that we'll be open 10 to 8. We'll see how that works out. Um, so mm. far, I haven't had too many people coming in the evening. But um, we'll, we'll give it a shot for two months to see whether it's popular or not. Um, well, now that the word is out, maybe you'll see. <laughs> maybe then, yes. Uh, and another interesting initiative that we are going to launch, in fact, at the end of this month, is that as, as we are proof right now, Zoom has become the, the medium of communication for the world. And it struck us that since Quisit House is closed, we need to try and create an online space for groups that want to meet. So there was a writing group that had approached us wanting to meet. So they will be launching their first online Zoom, Zoom room um, in the last Monday. So it's Monday the 26th. It'll be on our webpage. So if you are an amateur writer or you just want to write in the company of other writers, just, just come into the Zoom room. And if you have never done a Zoom before, we have tutorials on our webpage that shows you how to, how to get onto a Zoom meeting if it's your first time. And we, if this goes well, then we'd like to offer our Zoom account, which is a Zoom Pro account, to other groups in the community so that they can use it maybe once a month or twice a month to meet with their groups in, uh, you know, on an online basis since, since, um, since the world is continuing to be an unsafe place to meet physically. And it's getting too cold to meet in the garden outside. Oh, Priscilla, the garden, I can't tell you, that was like a library in and of itself. I mean, that has been used by just about everyone <laughs> for the past yeah. five months for everything. Including mm -hmm. me, I got my daughter married in the garden with six people, and oh. we've had sweet sixteens and prom, you know, the, the whole photography. I mean, it's just been a happening place. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful garden. Yes. And I'm I'm a townie. I grew up here in Easton, and I never knew about that jungle, the the jungle of vines that covered right. the um, the gardens because I never saw them. Right. And right. discovered. 
some people who lived in that area knew about it, but I never did. So it was such a surprise and uh, it was a rebirth. And it's just so beautiful. And the, the thing that was amazing to me was that the masonry was in perfect condition. Well, and Priscilla, it was there, but not, it took a lot of effort to, to restore it. <laughs> okay, so there was some pointing that needed. Well, after all, it was 1911. That's right. <laughs> That's it a years ago. Uh, and the, and the Kath Holland, who, who made the blueprint for the restoration of the garden, that was her thesis yeah. at the Arnold Arboretum, and she just came and gifted it to us. Such a wonderful lady. But she had a very apt, I, I had hoped that would be the naming of the garden. She called it the secret garden. Oh, yeah. yes, it was a secret all those yeah. years. Very good. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, um, all the masonry work was, was done by John, uh, Carlson, and he was a neighbor of mine on Seaver Street growing up. Uh, I would see him, and uh, his children all were college educated and uh, engineers, and um, just amazing. He was such mm -hmm. a wonderful artist, and he worked for the Ameses. So, mm -hmm. not not uh, for the shovel works or anything. He worked for the Ameses personally. And so if you notice some of the stone walls in Easton, they look just like the stone wall at uh, <laughs> Interesting. And, and, um, his granddaughter, uh, Geraldine uh, Wallace, Geraldine Leonard Wallace, she pointed out to me how that was his signature um, way of, of making walls. Did you really? That, Ever you saw that wall, you knew that that was her grandfather's work, John Carlson. And um, isn't that something? Uh, so I'm noticing that all over town. Oh, and Priscilla, you must point out the distinctive parts the next time you're here. I, I, that would be interesting to know. Yeah, okay. And uh, maybe I'll interview Geraldine and, and talk about her grandfather because he, he, he contributed so much to the beauty of our town with his stone walls. And I'd be interested to know if he did the arches, too, um, in the gardens. I'll have to ask her. Okay. Well, there's, we could keep talking, but, you yeah, know. we could. We could. <laughs> we keep it. I need this, and I, I want to thank you so much for all the information. And now that my, the viewers know that the library is physically accessible as well as um, virtually accessible, uh, hopefully, uh, the viewers will take advantage of both options uh, to visit the library. And um, thank you so much for all of your creative ideas and, uh, and the, the imagination that I, all of your people used I in order pass to the message. Yes. bring yes. these programs. And well, Priscilla, thank, thank you so much for spreading the word because we are, we are here for the community. So the more they, everyone knows, the better it is. So thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. All the best. All this, right then. Okay, and this is Priscilla Almquist Olson uh, t for today. And we hope that you enjoyed this program as much as Um and I did making it. And so until next time, be well, stay safe.